This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It seems like an obvious conclusion. Delaying emergency surgery can put patient health at grave risk. That is now confirmed by a new study in the Canadian Medical Association Journal, which shows that patients whose emergency surgeries are delayed due to a lack of operating room resources have an increased risk of death or a need for extra recovery time in hospital. Let's go to Sean Watley, the OMA president. Dr. Watley, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Libby. Thank you for having me on. You're you're very welcome. So, I don't know. To me, emergency surgery means emergency. How often are emergency surgeries delayed? Well, great question. And and as you say, these are our our sickest patients, so people who need to have something done right away. And according to this study, one in five patients were experiencing a delay, so almost 20% of patients, emergency surgery patients. And if we compare um, to other countries, and, and the study itself looks at um, the rate in the United Kingdom, only 1% of similar patients, emergency surgery patients, were experiencing unacceptable delays. Wow. And, and it, was there an average time uh, of delay? You know, I didn't dig that deeply into this particular study because each delay is based on a different target depending on the procedure. So, for example, if someone has something like we call that we refer to as an acute abdomen, so for example, you've got an appendix that's rupturing or you've got um, a diverticulitis that needs to get to the operating room, that um, may have a time target of of several hours, let's say. I'm just pulling this number out of a hat. Whereas someone else who would have a rupturing aortic aneurysm, so the big blood vessel at the back of our bowels, if it it ruptures, I mean, that person needs to be in the OR within 20 minutes. So um, there were different cases that they were looking at, and, and they were aggregating, you know, how many of these folks had to wait. And more often, it was the people who needed to have what's called an emergency laparotomy. So again, you know, an acute appendicitis or an acute diverticulitis, they were getting bumped or kicked out of the weight, the, you know, the queue to get into the surgery by these more acute cases. Just or, a minute, an, an emergency laparotomy, that's, that's a big surgery where they open you as opposed to going in with a scope. Right, right. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, uh, so, uh, so the, are you saying that, quote, less serious emergencies were being bumped for more serious emergencies? Well, again, some emergencies you have to deal with within minutes. Other surgeries you can, you have, you know, you know an hour or two. Um, and so we always have a sort of a list of priority of surgeries. But on top of that, sometimes even 
the emergency surgeries that you know we maybe we had an hour or two to wait they were sometimes being bumped because of unavailable operating rooms bottom line is these are our sickest patients and doctors want to find a solution to this you can imagine not how not only how scary it is for the patients but how scary and frustrating it is for the doctors and nurses who are trying to get these patients the care that they need. Um, Let me give the numbers out again. I'd like to hear from our listeners if they've ever experienced this themselves or for a loved one or what they make of it. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm talking to Dr. Sean Watley, the president of the Ontario Medical Association. We're talking about a new study that shows that Bad things happen when emergency surgery is delayed and shocking number that one in five emergency surgeries is delayed here in Ontario. Uh, And doctor, did the study go into the reasons for the delay? I know sometimes it's a matter of having the operating room is there, but the money to staff it isn't there, so it's closed or... Uh, is it sometimes that, you know, there's a, they have to wait for the doctor, you know, there's a doctor on call, but maybe it's a different doctor who has expertise in that surgery? What are, what are the reasons? So the main issues that they highlight are what they call system issues. So, um, and, and usually what that means is a lack of availability of the operating room being open. So the operating room is there. It's physically there. All the equipment's there. But what that means is it it costs money to staff the operating room. And and that's what I'm reading out of it. The the shocking thing about this study is that this is one of their, first of all, there are hundreds and hundreds of articles showing how patients come to harm when they wait, whether it's in the emergency room uh, or for emergency surgery. In fact, I wrote a book on on how this harms patients in the emergency room. But this particular study actually shows that people die more often. And that's one of the, the, the shocking things about this study. It, it verifies what we all suspected was the case. And so if you're a patient, you do not want to be bumped if you need emergency surgery because there's a measurable increased risk of death. So this is just terrible. We need to fix this. Doctors want to work with government to fix this as soon as possible. Uh, okay. And uh, again, um, have they measured the increased risk of death? Yes. And so um, without delay, uh, now from this particular study, they talked about a 3.2% absolute risk of death versus close to 5% risk of death with delay. Now, those might seem like small numbers, but that's um, that. In um, in real terms, like if we were talking about a drug therapy treatment for, let's say, a cancer treatment or even a blood pressure treatment, to talk about an almost 2% um, difference in death, a death as an outcome in studies is just, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of the, the highest level that, that we would get concerned about. And so to see that your risk of death is actually 2% higher um, just by being delayed, that is a major concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say that you want to work uh, with the government on this. Uh, what's the role of the hospitals? Do they just say, well, sorry, those, those operating rooms are closed because we don't have money for them? Great question. It, 
requires all stakeholders to be involved. So I know the hospitals, the Ontario Medical Association, which is the doctors of Ontario, the government, we really need to sit down and iron this out. And And a big part of that occurring is to have doctors and government in a working relationship. And you probably know, Libby, that we've been three and a half years without a contract. So these kind of really important issues that get solved in contract discussions, or that at least they can be improved in contract discussions, tend to pile up. I thought you were sorted out with arbitration. No, arbitration is just sort of a, a first step. That sets the groundwork so that we can enter into a fair and and neutral contract discussion. So arbitration is a process. The contracts are where we actually start solving these really difficult patient care problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, was did this represent an increase? Uh, this number of twenty percent uh, did it represent an increase, or or was this uh, this was just the first time it was measured? Well, great question, and I, and I didn't read deeply enough into the article to be able to answer that, but I can tell you that wait times in 2016 versus 2015 for things like hip replacement, knee replacement, cataract surgery are all increased. So I can tell you that wait times overall are increased. For example, to get your knee replaced, the wait time now is 259 days. Uh, uh, whereas it was it was less than that in, in 2015. I don't have the number of days for 2015 right in front of me, but all of our wait times are increasing. But I apologize, I can't tell you the exact number of hours that were or the percentage of people that were delayed for emergency surger- surgery. Um, but the bottom line is this is scary business. We need to fix this. We need these are our sickest patients, and we can do better. We can solve this. Uh, yeah, you know, there. it seems to me that often a lot of problems arise just because of the way the, the work is kind of organized. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and, and, it, and it's not a matter of just me or you or anyone um, dictating, you know, do this or this and it'll all be fixed. It's a matter of a respectful relationship. And um, that's something we've been asking for. Uh, for government, from government for the last uh, three and a half years. And, and we, we see movement in that direction. We're, we're uh, confident that we're rebuilding a new relationship based on equity and respect. But those kind of relationships need to be built with the hospitals um, and with all of the other stakeholders as well. So we need to have solid working relationships to be able to solve these thorniest uh, and most important of issues. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the increased risk of death, but the other factor is increased uh, recovery time in hospital. Uh, what kind of detail can you give us on that? Well, absolutely. Actually, the literature on that is goes far beyond this particular case. And I alluded to over 400 articles the last time I did a literature search on this issue, again, in preparation for that book I wrote, showed that not only is cost higher, um, one study from London, Ontario, mentioned about $1,100 just for waiting beyond 12 hours in the emergency department. In this particular study, they talk about the extra cost of $1,400 if you're one of these unfortunate people who are delayed. But you can measure all sorts of other things like the likelihood 
of an elderly person being able to return home to live independently. There are data on that, that for every hour people wait in emergency departments, there's a percentage or a measurable decrease in the chance that they'll ever be able to go home and live independently again. So whether you talk about pain, delay to treatment, uh, ability to go back home and live independently, risk of death, um, uh, delayed recovery, costs, bottom line, waiting harms everything. And we should not tolerate the weights that we currently have in our system. They can be fixed. We want to fix them. Doctors of Ontario have solutions to how to fix these. We just need a relationship within which to find those solutions. Uh, did you compare the to- uh, the cost? Because you were talking about the additive patients have to stay in hospital longer. That obviously increases the cost on the back end. Um, how, do- how does that cost compare to the cost of opening those operating rooms? Are they equal? Oh, great question. I don't have that data. Um, all I saw from the article, and again, I believe I saw the number correctly, it was around uh, a little north of $1,400 per patient who gets delayed. Um, but that would be the probably the next logical question to say, you know, are we just throwing money away by closing the ORs uh, only to pay for longer lengths of stays, never mind the terrible suffering and terrible patient outcomes, you know, on top of it, this may just be throwing good money after bad. Um, I like to keep the conversation focused, though, on the patient experience, because even if it costs more to do the right thing, I really think we should be advocating for doing what's right for patients. Okay. Dr. Sean Watley, thanks so much for joining us. A pleasure. Thanks, Libby. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.